Hello, world. Welcome back to the Agency Hacker Podcast. I am the host, Jake Jake Ryan, and I am joined today by Karine Delage, the founder of Charisma Agent Agency. Uh, Karine, how's it going? It's going well. Nice to connect with you guys. Yeah, it is. Thank you for being on the show. We appreciate no, for we... sure. This is fun. I love doing yeah. those things. Great, 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 great. Um, well, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your agency? Yeah, I mean, Charisma Agency, I found Charisma Agency 10 years ago. Um, and prior to that, I used to be the youngest journalist. Like I started when I was eight years old. Um, I worked on my own. I decided to call the Artists Union in Montreal and start doing interviews. I did like 150 interviews in between eight and 13. Wow. So you're pretty good at this by now. I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, I should say. Yeah. And then when I was 13, I um, the one of the biggest magazines here uh, contacted me to work with them. So I worked with them for a whole year. Wow. So I was the youngest journalist there. And then I started covering the Billboard Music Award, the Grammys, and all the big awards show in the U.S. Um, and then I went to Woodstock in 1999 in the whole entire madness. Uh, if you guys have not, by the way, side note, if you guys haven't seen like the documentary, it is I've, really I've what not. happened. It really? was actually out of control when the fire broke down. Really? Um, oh yeah, it was weird. And we were backstage too. But um, so, and then I moved to Toronto from here Um and then I was in Toronto for 15 years, worked for a record label uh, that was under Universal Music, and then started to work at a PR firm, worked with them for three years. Um, and I was the only one who was actually allowed to have my clients on the side. If you work for an agency, you fully know you're not allowed to do that. But I had like a special treatment, if I could say, because they knew how I could reach media and Quebec market. Uh, on the French market, I should say. And then three years ago, I moved back to Montreal. But prior to that, I started my own firm uh, 10 years ago. Very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm based out of Montreal. However, um, I work across North America. And also, we start working in Mexico a little bit. Very nice. Do you speak Spanish too? Other languages? I'm getting there. I mean, it's hard for me because... Um, when you're in Montreal, you obviously I speak French. I'm right, French. Right. Uh, you probably could hear the accent even more so when I'm tired, um, which kind of is the case a little bit. It's been a heavy, intense week of clients, events, and whatnot. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So yeah, I do. I speak French and English, obviously, and um, a little bit of Spanish. Working I could on it. Get, I'm working on it. Um, I made Duolingo sad this week because I haven't practiced. No, no. I don't Why know would who do listened to this, that? but whoever listened to this and is on Duolingo fully knows if you don't go on Duo for at least a day, make Duo sad. They get really sad. <laughs> they do. But we don't want they actually that. Like, send you an email saying that you got them sad. Wow. Okay. So you said you speak French, English, and you're working on Spanish or just Correct. dabbling with it. 
Has that been very convenient for you in the business world? Have you been able to reach people that you uh, normally would have or uh, wouldn't have? And then like, do you recommend other owners and other founders to do the same? Yes. And I know how like sometimes uh, my province is really like upon like the whole French principles that, you know, anything. Pretty much everything needs to be in French. I've always been not against that because it is important to keep the language, you know, because it's primary, it's in Quebec. Quebec is the French province. But on a business standpoint, to me, it's important to have not just speak English, not just speak French, but to know and kind of at least understand other language um, and at least being able to dabble in it a little bit at bare minimum, because people in different culture will just appreciate how you're trying to include your, yeah, like, in the other cultures as well. Hundred percent. And that's like, that would become like a big plus for you. I say that all the time, because when I talk to university students, which actually after this, I need to talk to Las Vegas University. Um, but I'll just say is that it is something really important to me to understand a different market before going in it. So for example, Spanish. Okay. I can, it's just because it's a speed question and you know, if you don't practice often, it's hard to just talk at the same speed and fully understand. Yeah. Spanish speakers speak very fast too. Yeah. And well, French tend to sometimes too. Um, but I feel like for me, even if you just try at least to write, you know, in your email, some word in Spanish, like mm. the welcoming like, yeah. or just in French Hola. or whatever. Right. Lo it's going to make, yeah. Or like buenas tardes or, you know, like yeah. the closing, yep. it's just going to make them feel like, okay, she doesn't know the full scope of it, but she's trying or he's yeah. trying. Yeah. That's such a big, that's such a big part of it. I feel Oh, hell like yes. Just being open to looking, not looking good. I feel like right. it's a very good thing. And then you joke about it and it makes the conversation even go better. Like if you're on the phone with them and you're trying or you're emailing them and you're trying, they'll appreciate it. Yeah. It's funny. My mom is from Guatemala. And whenever I bring a friend over, I'm like, hey, do you speak Spanish? And they're like, most of them say no. So I'm like, okay, well, just say like, hi, or like. You know, just like, just try and then she will well, love you five times more. But see, and and that's works. the same thing. It's true. Uh, same thing because one of my clients is the new hockey team for Montreal because uh, I don't know if you're aware in the US and Canada, there is a professional hockey league for girls now oh, called okay. KHF. Uh, Montreal now has that. a team. And basically what we tell the girl is that, okay, like we understand you might not be able to speak French. But at least if you go to an event or something, say the welcome and the goodbyes yeah. in French. Yep. Just small little things. And people will appreciate. Gotcha. Uh, no, I, that's good. I could not agree more. So a little bit of a switch here. Who is yeah. your, what is your ideal uh, client look like? <laughs> oh, man. I don't think I could even say there is one. Um, in a general sense of it, because I dabble in so many different industries, because um, I work in entertainment, I work with brands, I work with talents, I work with athletes. So it's really like diverse. 
Do you um, prefer bigger can... or smaller? Sorry? Uh, would you prefer bigger or smaller clients? Or the... A mix yeah. of both. And the yeah. reason why I'm saying this is because I love the diversity that my work brings me. Because any day of the week isn't the same. Yeah. Like you cannot get tired of what you're doing. If you're always, but then again, that's me, right? Because other people will be like, oh, that's a lot of like different contacts. That's a lot of, you know, it's too much. But for me, I see it as, okay, well, I have my athlete and then I have different brands so I can merge them and make them work together. Um, and that's a big way I've been thinking all the time is whoever I have as a client, I try to have all of them communicate with each other and to get to know each other and support each other. So it just becomes like a big family. Yeah. Um, and I think an ideal client as a general factor would just be someone that understand the value of public relation and also understand that it's an add on. It's not just because you have an article in let's say the New York Times that you're going to be successful day and night. Yeah, right. It's it's not like, and that's one thing that social media does a lot is that you see the instant fame, either for a brand or for a person, and people need to kind of remove themselves from that um, and start thinking different and just be like, listen, we have groundwork to do. Yes, it's not GMA. Like, I'm not going on GMA, but I'm still doing morning shows, for example, in other markets in the U.S., right? Um, and that's how I'm going to build and grow my brand. And I need to use all my tools in order to make it bigger. Yeah. So what about somebody who maybe doesn't um, align with your core values and beliefs? Do you think you should just take it because it's business and business is good? Or is it like... Are you at the point where you can just be like more picky and be like, you know what? If you guys don't um, align with me and my uh, group, then we don't need it, and that's all, and that's fine too. Yeah, um, I need to always align with my people that I work with, and I know a lot of PR people um, will still take the clients even if they don't care. Uh, but to me, it's important that I believe in what I pitch. Yeah, because it's gonna make my job better. Yeah. Um, if I don't believe in someone or something, I can't. I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not the type of person that's just going to take the money out of the clients just to take the money. Mm. I know sometimes people are just desperate and they need it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's a good way of seeing things in the long term either. Mm. And also, I don't think it's a good thing as a general factor because... It gives the PR people or the publicist or the people in that profession. I'm talking about my profession in general, but it could apply to anybody. Um, I feel like it's just give the people in that particular way, like life of work, a different perspective of that's wrong or false about the industry. Um, but yeah, gotcha. or overcharging or, you know, I just, I can't. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, a little bit of a switch here. Um, what are you guys working on right now to level up or take your agency to the next step, next level? What next am level? I not working on right now? 
Um, what I'm working on to level up right now? Uh, well, okay, yeah. Just because we were talking about the Spanish stuff, um, I'm actually working on growing in the Latin market. Um, I'm working with a Latin artist, but on the rebound, uh, the good thing is I'm communicating and talking to like the industry professional in that world too. So, and it's really good. And the media, I'm getting great coverage in Mexico and, uh, the one, so Canada has this, um, what well, we have our consulate in every country, obviously, but also Quebec province has an office in separate city. So as an example, in Mexico city, we have an office there and I communicated with them and now they introduced me to so many contacts. So I'm looking really at like the international factor versus just working inbound in the sense that to me, um, there is so many people that works in PR. There is a lot of brands and everything, but I want people here to understand, to, you know, just work more with like the world. Like we have internet. It's so easy to get coverage across the world if you pitch correctly and i just like working well i mean don't get me wrong i love working with people from here but i just like to um even like explain to people how the market in canada is because sometimes and often uh especially in the u.s people forget how canada is next door and using the same people from a pr firm in the u.s for example to work on the Canadian market is not always the best idea because, again, it goes back to what I was saying about the culture in each market, right? So uh, I feel it's really important, again, same thing, to understand where you attempt to work. Um, and I feel I'm lucky because from a young age, on my own, I learn about the U.S. so much so that now I'm like the... A good bridge, if I could say, in between, because I get the U.S. market, but I also get the Canadian market, yeah. and I also get the French market. <laughs> so, for someone that's looking at, you know, a PR firm here to understand everything, I'm a good option. I know there's other people like that, but it's just an example, right? Right. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, to level up right now, I'm really looking more at international, and I also speak more um, to university students about PR um, and that's something I started with COVID. Um, during COVID, I started to speak at a bunch of US university uh, such as USC, uh, Auburn, uh, the university in Vegas, uh, BU and a bunch of others. So yeah, I just love to speak to students and explain to them the how the real world in PR works because more than often, especially in entertainment, <clears throat> sorry, uh, people have this misconception of PR because they see PR as, oh, all you do is you're on your computer, you answer emails, then you go party. <laughs> that is not the fact. You know Wait, what I mean? Not like, like that? No, we <laughs> work. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why like a lot of students sometimes goes into PR under the, the impression that that's what PR is, but there's so much more like, you know, yes, we're on emails, but then my phone, 
my client will hit me up sometime at 11 p.m. or whatnot. There's all the time zone that if you have a client on West Coast, well, West Coast 6 p.m. is 9 p.m. East Coast. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they have an event to attend a red carpet on the West Coast. It is 9 p.m. Hmm. for the West, for, you know, the red carpet or whatnot. Right, right, right. It's midnight East Coast or even vice versa. Right. So it's just like small little things, but um, I just, yeah. I love to talk to students and I've been doing that more and more too. Kind of nice. And to be honest, it just like brings every time that happens or every time I do a podcast or an interview, it just always brings back like the why I'm doing what I do. Hmm. You know, like that little flame yeah. that you have that sometimes because you're so busy with work that just fall off, if I could say, or whatever. But uh, yeah. Well, since we're on it now, what is the why for you? I feel like the why is just to be there for people. And I just like being able to give like a good impression about my client. You know what I mean? Like to give like the, the great side or great stories of why they started, why they are where they are. And sometime and a often people forget about those things mm. yeah and it's the same thing too when you do pr if and that's what i always look for when i get a client i always want this to have a great story even for a brand if you don't have a good story it's hard for media to understand you mm. so but i feel like my why is just because i like good stories positivity yeah um, there's so many negativity, especially these days. Yeah, it's um, even with the whole cancel movement and all the madness with well celebrities and all the crisis management, it's just always great to have this feel good story about like someone who started a company and they are where they are today, or like a you know a talent that's doing amazing on a show or an athlete that won like a gold medal granted especially on the athlete's perspective or in the sports it's not always happy story because you know there's so many winners in the race um but i just love one thing about the sports industry is how people or more well i know some people are gonna be like yeah but what about like the nhl and nfl player but i feel like people in the sports the majority are so down to earth I know not everybody, but most of them. Um, but the reason why I'm saying this is because they understand how they start literally from the bottom and they have to wake up so early for practice. Mm. And I was an athlete before. I used to compete in swimming when I was younger. Nice. Uh, and I'm saying younger because I'm 41 now. <laughs> um, but like I understand the whole athlete mentality and how they know that it's not day and night that you're going to be famous or you got to reach the top or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they understand that today you could win a gold medal and tomorrow you'll finish last. Mm -hmm. So that whole mentality to me is so important. Um, and yeah, that's why like when there's wins, when there's great story, even sometimes not so good story, yeah. I just like to share like great stories to the world. Mm. No, it's so good. Um, 
what would I want to take you back a little bit because you talked about getting into different markets. So yeah. I think for people listening now, you know, the podcast reaches agencies of all sizes, right? Mm-hmm. So people who are doing seven figures and then people who are just starting up. So my question is for somebody who is starting up and wants to get into a different market, a different country's market, how do you, what are the first steps to that? Where do you go to learn? What do you do? Do your research. It's literally a, a market research. Honestly, um, I'm not saying in-depth market research because those takes forever to do, and none of us love doing those. I, <laughs> that's always like the last thing you want to do because it takes so much time. But quite frankly, watch the news, see what's happening in that the actual country, the actual state, the actual province you want to work in, uh, county, whatever. Just be aware of what's going on. You don't need like 50 million hours of research you just need to know what's fresh what's there and if you start working more and more in that like that part of the world then yeah you could do a little bit more research but that comes with time but just get to know the place get to know the city get to know the country um and again if it's a different language try to understand the value of that language yeah very nice so what are some of the what are some of the places that you are learning from right now? And like what skills are you trying to pick up? Um to be better on the business side, but that's an evolving door and I think we're all there. <laughs> Cuz especially for creative people that we all have ideas but then sometimes we left the the nitty-gritty on the side. Um so yeah, those might be it, but um you know, I I'm learning things every single day even in my own field. Um, and that's the beauty of it. And I think that's w- one thing that's so important is you never, I mean, never stop learning yeah. because you never know. And plus, there's always something new in the industry, whichever you are. Right. So like, where are you learning it from? Are you going to like podcasts? Are you watching oh, yeah. YouTube? Or like, yeah, I'm going even? on podcasts. Yeah, I'm going on podcasts or a specific like PR uh, website or looking at what other PR agencies are doing too. Because again, same thing. There's so many outlets, media in the world that sometimes you're like, okay, let me just go see what the others are doing. Yeah. Not to copy, just to get an idea. Because right. you, like, you could be, again, same thing. You could be in New York, but there's, five different new podcasts in LA you don't always know because you're not there but by keep an eye open if I could say on the other and who's surrounding you then it's going to help too and then there's groups too on Facebook that we have for PR and marketing gotcha gotcha um what is the uh what is the culture like yeah the which the culture at uh charisma Oh, it's a great culture. I mean, I have three interns and then there's me. Um, and it's a good vibe. And the clients all love, um, always comes up with ideas too for me. Mm-hmm. Not that I need it, but it's always great because, again, I keep saying like how as much as we want to do everything, uh, we're not in the client's head, right? Yeah. So it's always important and to have like a good vibe, a good mentality and a good culture around you. Right. How do you create that? 
I guess because I tried to keep my negativity out, um, that I tried to be always positive. Even though sometimes it might be harder days or whatnot, but I think something I've learned even more so in the last three years is to always find the positivity in any negative situation. So I think that's like one of the way I, you know, I find or I create the culture and I work yeah. towards it. Sounds like a more of a mindset. Yeah. That you could take to just into life in general. Oh my God. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think it, COVID teach me that. COVID did? Yeah. Because compared to everywhere else, Quebec was like really strict about the mask and the policy and this restriction and whatnot. And because of all of that, I ended up taking extra business classes and it was hard for like maybe a month or two at the beginning, you know, when everything shut down. Yeah. It's weird. It was. And then with the business class and everything, I kept the proper mindset. Then I start my, with my white billboard, um, whiteboard, and then just writing notes and brainstorm and having my notepad and be more focused and organized and whatnot. So as much as COVID has the negative aspect, I found like a really positive aspect yeah. out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's no, that's so true. And I think it's a, I think it's also a choice mm -hmm. to make a decision on whether or not it's going to be a positive or a negative. Oh, like, 100%. Last year I was going door to door and it was right, it was right after COVID or we had opened back up mm -hmm. and I was going door to door selling roofs and it was, people were like, is that hard? Is that going to like, did COVID really mess it up for you guys? And we're like, no, not at all. It's actually better because people are home and they're bored and, you know, they're already f trying to find things to do around well, the house. But see, and that something I say to people too, even on my end, on a PR standpoint, it's just a matter of how you pivot. Mm -hmm. Okay, fact, we can go do interviews in person. Yep. Okay. But it gets it almost easier, not easier, but if you're, especially in the U.S., because you guys have 50 states, there's at least five morning shows in the big city, mm -hmm. meaning like in Chicago, Boston or whatever. But there is way more than that because there's subsidies, if I could call them that way. But the point of this is that even if there's five in each city, that gives you like 25 morning shows. It might be smaller states. It doesn't matter. It's still coverage. Mm. You still get the word out. Yeah. The more you do, the better it gets and the better you're going to get a GMA, for example. So in all the interviews were Zoom. We're, we're used to Zoom now. We're used to, you know, doing the podcast, anything. Working at home. It's virtual. Yeah. So for the people that were like, oh, but like, how do you do this? I'm like, at the end of the day, it's all about being creative. It's all about getting out of the box. Like if you think inside the box in any businesses, you'll get stuck. Sometimes you'll have crazy idea and people will look at you like, what's wrong with you? But okay, maybe the big picture, big idea won't come up. But there's still stuff that can come out of it on a smaller scale. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I 
totally agree. Um, what advice would you have for other agency owners? Just keep believe. Actually, believe in your clients. And if you can believe in one particular client, just get rid of him. And make sure that people have the same mentality as you that you work with. What about or if aligns with you? What about if it's someone who's starting their agency and they're just hungry for clients, but they find somebody, they get in contact with somebody who they do not align with? What would you tell them? To the best they can for them. Yeah. And try to again find the positive into it. But to me, if I have to work with someone that I don't align with, um, I would just be like, this is a great opportunity, but I would still look for people I align with. Um, and for the simple reason that maybe you're going to not work with that person, but the next person is right there. There's so many. And again, like I said, like, especially with internet, with, you know, zoom and whatnot, there is so many people you can work with. It's the world. There's like millions and millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. Millions and millions of companies too. Yeah. So at the end of the day, there's no way you're not going to find someone you're aligned with. And if you don't, then you need to revise your priorities. But again, like there's so many, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's hard for me to believe in, not believe, but understand people that work with people just to work with people. It's not harder to just take maybe an hour more, two hour more to do like business development and to find the right client. But at the end of the day, it's going to give you more satisfaction. You're going to be happier, less stress, and you're going to gather more businesses because if you don't work your hundred percent, and I know like sometimes, even if I align with some clients, it happens sometimes that I didn't work my hundred percent in the past. But, and I felt bad about it, to be honest. And that was at the beginning, not anymore. But now my priority, probably because I grow, is really, I need people that align with me. That doesn't bring me my majority of stress because it drives me nuts. And because when you don't align with someone, you bring people stress. The last thing you need, if it's stress because of work, because the press release needs to be done because that's not the same. But if, if it's a mental stress, then that's a different story. Um, and I just think it's important for me to just align on every aspect of it. And even for new businesses, new, new agency, because that's how you're going to define yourself in the future. Wow. How do you guys, how do you guys get sales? Um, Honestly, and touching wood, which I don't really have wood. I'll hope this is wood. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I've got um, them here for you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, shit. Um, no, but seriously, um, I. it's a lot of word of mouth. And by people seeing how I work with others and the result on my work and my website, which I need to update, actually. I keep saying that for the past two weeks. I'm like, <laughs> hasn't been done in the past six months it's just because you know again when you get busy right um right. but how do i get sell yeah literally like word of mouth 
sometime I have to do RFP and yeah. Do you do any cold calling? Rarely. I did at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, not so much anymore. Hmm. I met a guy yesterday. He said he did cold calling at the beginning and he's doing seven figures now in revenue but he was he said he still does it and he swears by it and he's willing to die on that sword and he's like yeah everyone hey, do it if it happened i do it sometimes yeah but it doesn't like it's not on a daily basis yeah but sometime sure. i will it but takes a right. kind of person to do it what it takes a specific type of person you know what yeah and it's just i don't mind it but I, again it depends on how you sell your business and what I've done for mine, I've done just like I would do for a talent. I did like an EPK, electronic press kit. So every time I have articles about me, every time I do like a podcast or that I speak at a university, I include it in my press kit on my own. And then on the, the agency side, then I have my clients like achievements and this and this and this. So then if I do a cold call, it's more like, I can't even say a cold call call email that sounds weird yeah but you know what i mean like if i pitch and i don't know fully the person i'll make sure that i'll send my little blurb and then the two epk so they could see that's actually also how um i started to do um the speaking at universities mm. and now and now um i even got an offer from boston university to apply to be a teacher. Wow. Yeah. It's in the process, but it's not it? sure. I, I don't know if other, I don't know how many other application is up there. Um, I've done it. I sent all my info and the beauty of my work. It's number one, I work from home. Number two, true that, that all I need is my laptop. And even if I would, uh, no, not even if I would, I will. Right. Cause um even if i do get boston you the cool thing is that they um it's two or three days a week and i would teach two or three classes so it's great because i could still get my own work so do you do you think if you did take the job you would try to pass the load off onto somebody else probably not but what i would do is structure my stuff better um, I'm pretty much structured, like I'm good at structuring my time and whatnot. Um, but I feel like it would give me the opportunity to maybe hire one or two people and I could teach them properly because it's hard for me to just hire people because again, if they don't have, like we were saying, right, if they don't have the same value of like me or whatnot, to me, it's going to go against my yeah. principle and yeah. it's going to go against the whole vibe. So yeah. I would say it's even more important to get it right on the inside than it is to get, you know, just the clients that are the same values. hundred percent. hundred percent because that like avoids conflicts. Yeah, for sure. Because if you're not aligned with the people that either in general in life, like you need people that surrounds you that are aligned with you. Because we all know, like, especially in, you know, entertainment, sports, that whole industry, um, sometimes it's hard to align with people, especially when you're a woman, because you never know 
because uh, you know the entertainment world is so much more guys um and when i first started if you don't have a strong backbone you're gonna you're gonna fall yeah. like you need to prove and show that you have your space in the industry um even more so before like back in the days now it's getting it's different because there's so much more women you know in the industry that are higher up in the rank i'm not talking about pr because pr is primarily women but i'm just saying in general and a business perspective so but now when you get the respects from people then it's a good like it's what you need right right but you can't get the respect if you act like your child basically you know what i mean like right. it's so the industry is tricky and it's hard too because you know entertainment you are out and about at events and you need to make sure that people are not around you just to um to use you because you never know and that's like what's sad because and i say that to um to university people how being a woman in the entertainment world um is harder because especially as pr and if you you're around athletes you're around like you know singers actors um you need to be careful of do they really want to work with you and help you at the beginning or they are trying to date you and then they're going to use you to help them because you're more like oh, i'm just going to help you or they really want to be with you and they do see your value but they really want to be with you it's a whole different topic but i'm just saying it's hard um in that industry as well right no i could see that i could see that um well how can it's people a little bit in... easier for guys i feel on that world yeah <laughs> or maybe i'm wrong <laughs> i don't know i'm not in that world so it's hard for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> so how can people get in co uh, contact with you well, they could see I'm on Instagram at Charisma Agency, um, K-A-R-Y-Z-M-A Agency, uh, or my website, charismaagency.com. Or yeah, and you could email me and DM me or on LinkedIn under my own name, Karin Delage. And yeah, and I'm pretty good. sure you'll write those down. So We'll put them <laughs> down in the, in the description. Amazing. Sounds good. Well, you guys, Karina, this was fun. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Anytime. This was really fun. Thanks a lot. Well, you guys, this has been Jake with the um, Agency Hacker Podcast. Until next time, my friends.